I'm Sam Mitchell. And these are my stories. Hi, folks. Have a good day today. And let me the first vlog of you to autism, rocks, and rolls. Now, before we begin, I must note that I am not a doctor psychiatrist. If you're starting to die, you diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. At least you based on my experiences. I was on the right to the intro now. They are both found on danielbooking.com and mediafiresound.com. I also have a mission statement to review with all of you. The mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the negative stigma off of autism and other conditions that may think are disabilities. So those who have conditions or, or abilities do not want to be pitied. There's nothing to be sorry about. Now, I do have some people i like to thank. First, I want to thank Daniel Pewter and C211, Learning to Learn with Daniel Pewter for more information, for being an awesome guest. He even booked me a speaking gig at one of his charter schools for next year. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate you coming on the show and all the work you do. And ARAR can officially announce that on September 24th at Fowler's Pumpkin Patch in Greene County, Indiana, ARAR will be coming in on their opening day and giving the barn to us. All profits will go to Stonebell and Autism Acceptance. There will be live music, food, games, and fall festivities. Be sure to come as you will have tons of memories to live upon. There's even an autism corn maze. Thank you, Perry and Renee, for not just the maze, but for giving us the barn for the day. I also want to briefly talk about Antoine Thompson, or Coach T. Coach T has offered a place for students to not only work on basketball skills, but also life skills, such as leadership and teamwork. Thank you, Antoine, for all the work you do. And ever since I was six years old, I wanted to commentate for a wrestling show. Well, that came true, everyone, because I got to live that dream last Sunday. Thank you so much, Chris and Tony Gonzalez, for allowing me to join the commentary family and for letting us set up a booth, too. I even wrote two new blogs called Unhealed and Not Knowing How to Celebrate. Please read them as they are so uplifting. Also, I must thank everyone who was involved in making the new studio. It is officially done and has lit up to its height. It looks great. Plus, we have someone else helping with revamping our website. It's Brent Keener. He is the brother of Noel Keener, who I mentioned in a previous episode, and we are so thankful for the help he will be giving ARAR, or Autism Rocks and Rolls. And since the last episode, I've been on two podcasts. I was on Learn with Bernstein podcast with Ivan Podmolio and the Be Healthy in a Hurry podcast with Betty Norland and Dr. Wayne. What fantastic podcast, everyone. Be sure to tune in. Now, folks, we'll be right back. We got to hear about Wellspring Pain Solutions. So let's get to it. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Glasscott from the Glass in the Afternoon radio program on News Sports Talk 98.7 and AM 1370 and WGCLradio.com. And on behalf of Wellspring Pain Solutions, they're happy to partner with Sam Mitchell and the Autism Rocks and Rolls podcast. Wellspring Pain Solutions applauds Sam's mission statement to eliminate the stigma associated with autism. Here's what we want you to do. Check out the website, wellspringpainsolutions.com. You'll find out which of the four locations is closest to you. You'll get a chance to meet their team of providers and all the services offered at Wellspring. When you're there, now the fun really begins. You'll find the link to Sam's website where you'll find all his podcasts, background information on his guests, as well as all the merch in his merchandise store. You'll be amazed. You'll have fun. You'll enjoy it. All we ask you to do is take a listen and spread the word that autism rocks and rolls. All right, folks, we're back. I don't want you to be too nervous to meet these fine people. Now, for today's episode, man, this is a big one and near and dear to my heart because I've seen this happen many times in Walmart, and I question sometimes whether or not the person has autism or not because today's topic is about anger, and anger is a typical feeling that everyone feels. I feel it. You feel it. I know someone around me feels it at points in their life. I know at least one time in your life you're going to feel angry. There's no way around it. But the issue is with those on the spectrum is 
it's hard to control. And it's not like anger issues where you're just angry all the time, like, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, I'm angry, where you're just mad and mad and mad all the time. No, that's not that. That's regular anger issues. But being autistic and having anger problems, yeah, we don't know what to do with that emotion. So all we know what to do, truthfully, is just act upon a way that society sees odd and mean when we're not trying to be mean at all. And to continue on upon that, the issue is that I know some people say, oh, I'm so mad, I'm going to go get him. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. Well, when someone on the spectrum has anger problems, they won't think. They'll do their actions before they think. They'll either punch one like, oh, crap, or kick the dust up. No offense, Luke Bryan, that was a little pun there. But anyway, that's what they'll do. They have no control over it half the time. And you might think that, why are they doing this? They're acting crazy. That's not the case. They're not acting crazy. They're having an emotional breakdown like we in America sometimes do. They're just expressing it in the wrong way, but the only way they know how to. Now, the definition of anger is a resilient emotion that makes you feel irritated or hostile because I think we all get that when we get angry. We kind of get a hostile and irrational, irritated feeling to where we're just angry and the cycle keeps going and going and going to where we're just like Debbie Downers. But the issue is with those on the spectrum is we're constantly Debbie Downers after and it's hard to move on from what made us angry. But I'll get into that point later. I'm going to help you with that today, everyone. But I encourage you to do your best to let that anger feeling go because at the end of the day, you're just making it worse upon you. So do your best to move on. I know it's hard, but you got to let it go. And if you have to sing Frozen, let it go to do it. That's what it takes. And to those on the spectrum, I also want to say if that doesn't work, then try this. Think of it this way. I don't do it much, but this is a rare occasion. But think of it this way. Is if you do choose to get angry and have this violent outrage, I'm going to let you right now, you're just going to go south. Because there might be times where people have to do something for you or calm you down. And may not be the peaceful way, but somehow society is going to get you to calm down whether you like it or not. And that's not me being mean. That's just the truth of how society works and sees it. Now, sometimes anger turns into defiance. And the only way we know how to handle the rage is by being unrealistic. Whether either someone gets hurt or someone gives us a dirty look. And this has happened before. It almost happened right now. I about got mad and wanted to body slam this computer because I can't get my thought out. But then I realized it wasn't the computer's fault. So, sorry, computer, you're good for now. In all seriousness, it has happened. I've seen people get angry to where they get the dirty look or someone does get hurt and they don't mean to with and without autism. With autism, it's hard, though, because that's all we know. We can't bottle it up inside of us. Bottling up does not exist in our dictionary. It's harder, too, when we get the looks because in my eyes, and this is just me being autistic, is why do you have to look? Why can't you mind your own business? And I do get that if people get rammed or start getting broken ankles, that someone has to get involved for the people's safety. But I don't think anyone should have to look if I'm so angry and I finally just get so mad to where I uppercut a shoe. But I do get why you have to get involved if someone gets hurt. I don't want to hurt anyone. That's the last thing I like to do, and that's not in my heart. And personally, I'd rather you prefer getting involved if someone else started kicking walls and vandalizing property. And I truly believe though that when we get angry, our bodies take over our mind. Because let me ask, have you ever heard the phrase, we're on spaghetti legs? Well, for us, it's not spaghetti legs, it's spaghetti body. Because all we're doing is 
Woo! And our body's just basically out of control to where it's almost as if that our body is our brain. And we have the body brain where we're not thinking. Our head's just sealed. Our body's controlling us like the robot is moving us with the lever going up, going down, going left, going right, moving the hand out, moving the hand in, throwing the foot out. I mean, it's just so hard to control that when we are being controlled in a sense. And as hard as it is for me to admit it, I probably have been the robot before. I probably have realized, oh, okay, I need to get in control here. But it's hard to see that when someone else is just picking and picking and picking and picking at the center control where it's just not matching up with what you're thinking. Sometimes we say heart overhead, but I think in this case, you need to try to think head over heart. Or otherwise, it will again go south and someone will get seriously injured. And I know if you're a good person, you don't want that to happen, whether you meant to or not. I'll also say this, if I can control it though, I know you can control it too, because yeah, you might get controlled for a little bit, but it's up to you whether you want to be controlled fully or not, because I know you could take over the center control and then basically switch the neurons around and boom, you basically have just solved the clue. This also happens when we have meltdowns and C107, Meltdown's autistic style for more information, but the biggest misconception is that we want to have a meltdown and be angry. Well, that is far from the truth because we are angry when we are having a meltdown. So during the meltdown, we are not only sad, as I mentioned in the meltdown episode, but we are full of so much displeasure that we are almost dizzy. It's almost so dizzy to where it feels like it's just the world spinning faster and faster and faster. The earth is rotating way quicker than expected. And it almost feels as if we combine it with the ride on the Dizzy Dummy from Wipeout. I don't mean the dummy part because we're not dummies. So we're safe from that part. But the Dizzy part, whoo, yeah, we're dizzy because we're going around. We're on the teeter-totter. We're trying to balance on the rope. And it's definitely a challenge because you can imagine me. And if I say I have no balance, then you can imagine me when I'm angry and I've had this meltdown. I can just go every time. And it's every five seconds like that. But anyway, it's just so hard to get off that dizzy train because we are so used to just the anger emotion. We just got done with being so agitated and irate to where our brain is still spinning. And and the wheels aren't turning the right way. The wheels are turning the incorrect way. But it also gets to the point where as if we have suffered so much from that displeasure that that's all that's on our mind right now. That's all we can think about. And trust me when I've told you this, we try to move on from this displeasure. We have 100% attempted it. I wouldn't lie to you if I said we didn't attempt it, but it didn't work out. And it's not going to work out, in all honesty. So the best solution for this, and I'm just talking to the parents right here, is you need to give them some space. Give them some time to let them move on on their time. It's not move on when you want to. It's move on when they want to. They can let it go on their terms. It's their turn to finally drop the weight that's been holding them for however long the argument was. And sometimes I will admit, the anger is not because of how we are feeling, but it's because of what we are seeing, which then triggers the burnout. C209, exhausting the burnout for more information. But the burnout of feeling that we get does cause anger, and it hurts because we want the same opportunities you have. And as I've mentioned in that episode, we don't get some of those opportunities and it stinks. I was angry when I didn't get to go to prom because I knew no one would include me. And it was so hard to move on from that because I should experience that. I've went through a whole lot of my life to where I should go to prom. I should wear a suit and tie. I should go. I've earned it. 
But unfortunately, there were rules, and I knew it wouldn't be a good time for myself, so I didn't even bother. However, at the same time, it hurt because I so bad wanted to have that experience that another high schooler would have. When I didn't get to, yeah, I was angry, and it hurt. It really, really hurt my feelings, and it really hurt the fact that, well, there's another opportunity missed. But I will say, you do get used to it after a while, but then there are still some that do trigger, but it's not as much as I once upon a time did. I probably would say now I experience less burnouts than I once upon a time did. I still experience them, but they're less. And that problem was just one in a rare occasion of me after a freshman year. And I will say, even though I do experience burnouts less and less, and I rather trade them in for the advanced skills as I mentioned in exhausting the burnout episode, I still think there's a party that does want these basic opportunities. That party does want to learn how to cook French toast. That does want to be able to drive on my own. But that's rare days. Those are on rare days. But most days I prefer the advanced skills. And honestly, the burnout feeling of getting angry doesn't just go to the school. It goes to public places too. It goes at home. It goes to what you see outside. Case in point, I saw a couple the other day. And yeah, I didn't get like mad. mad like, it wasn't that mad. It was, why can I have that feeling of romance myself? And it's hard to accept the fact that it may not come to me, that I'm developing me delayed, and I know that. And it kind of sucks when you're high-functioning and you realize that, but at least you know, which is kind of a benefit. I will say, though, I'm just proud of where I'll be, and it's their business I've learned at the end of the day. It's not my business to stick my nose where it doesn't belong. And with the anger, and if you get mad at that, I believe that, parents, you need to understand that it's legit and it's realistic to be angry at that because, yeah, it's mentally challenging to see oh my gosh, I should be doing this, and I'm not. Why can't I join in the adulthood world and just do what my parents are doing? I know that it's hard for them to accept and see, but I would encourage you to support them in any way you could, but also remind them who they really are. That's what you need to do, parents, is remind them of who they really are. Be their cheerleader all the way, even if they don't get to drive or cook or do these basic skills and they're feeling angry about it. Remember, to encourage and you have to start putting your pom-poms and chin going, let's go, Timmy, let's go, Timmy. I will also say in the moment of anger, even though our bodies take over our minds, I just said earlier, we are thinking, the more I think of it, think of thinking, <laughs> but I'll warn you, they are dark thoughts, but they are not deadly thoughts. I call them PDR thoughts, which stands for peace, dark, and rational. So what I mean by this is we do think a little edgy and a little dark when we're angry, but it's not deadly. It's not like we're thinking on how we're going to bury our mother. No, that's not what we're thinking. It's just what we see in the media. For example, when I get angry and after I'm done, I think of a television show that's real serious or an angry song in the rock field where it's just getting my outlet where I can bust out the energy of this. Ah, ooh, 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 ooh. It's all just letting that emotion out of you because we can't bottle that in. That's too much, I think, to bottle in for anyone, personally. I don't know why we have to bottle that in. So you can assume that we're not going to think about doing what is wrong. It's not going to be a really, really bad thought. It might be bad, but it's not going to be really, really bad. 
It might be something involving a mature game or a song that you may be like, whoa, okay. But a song like, oh gosh, we need to take him to the mental hospital. It's not that at all. It's just, we're trying to be peaceful, but we gotta let the steam roll out of us in some shape or form. Now, when we are angry, we act and have unique emotions that we would not do when we are happy. Some of the acts and emotions are one of the most common ones that everyone does, I think. And that is yell and scream. And yelling, in case you don't know, is, ah! And scream is, what are you doing? That's what these emotions I'm talking about. I think we do that sometimes more than we realize because we might proclaim, oh, we're not, oh, we're not, oh, we're not. But yeah, we do. And I think everyone at some point does get frustrated to the point and angry when they're yelling and scream. But I'm warning you right now, and this is for those who are and are not on the spectrum, please do me a favor, pick the place. Because, yeah, you may get looks, which I don't know why sometimes, because it's not anyone's business. I know I do sometimes. I'll admit I'm guilty of it. I don't sometimes. I do my best not to. But it's hard not to when you're trying to be concerned and feeling bad for someone. So if you're going to be angry and yell and scream, pick the right place to avoid the looks. And where no one's singing, she's got the looks. The next action that might happen is we might talk fast. And this happens with me a lot because I'll do this when I'm angry. I'm like, I don't care. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yes, uh, no, I'm, uh, no, 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 not doing it. And you guys may not know this, and my mother and my father don't know this, so when you hear this episode, feel free to actually check this, so be right. But when I talk fast, that's my way of shutting down, because I do not care. That's my way of being like, nope, I don't really care right now, I'm too angry. You overwhelmed me, and it's made me angry, don't care. And I don't like doing it, Granton, and I don't know why it happened. I guess there's a neurological explanation behind it. And that's it's a question probably for the doctors, too, if I had to guess. But I guess the best way to I can explain it, and maybe this is the reason, and it's just my opinion, is probably because it's led me too much, so frustration, where me talking fast is me making the busy dummy have lightning and that lightning just making me go nope 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 and sadly that's kind of what it leads to now see it doesn't get me anywhere but i still have to work on it because i still believe that lightning does strike my brain when the roller coaster is spinning around it just sometimes feeds into it real quickly and then it comes out and oops i said it it's definitely something to work on for me but i'm hoping one day i'll be able to not just talk fast and talk in a calm and quieter and more relaxed tone and manner. Our next action and something else we might do is not talk at all because it's funny how we can go from nope, 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 not doing it, not doing it, what, 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 to that and just complete utter silence because and this may be kind of gross and funny. They say with farts, silent but deadly. Well, I think it's the same way with communication because when they're being silent and not talking at all, that basically means you done did it. I'm not talking to you. You're not going to waste my time again with this because I'm right. You're wrong, obviously. Or that's what they think in the moment when they're angry. Or I'm just, I can't do it. I can't go with you anymore. I can't, I can't tolerate this. That's what they do when they're not talking. If they're not talking, I would say give them some space too because they're going to talk to you when they want to. And like I said, it's moving on on their terms. They're not going to move on when you want to. It's their time, not your time their time and if they're choosing not to talk for however long then so be it you got a life you need us every moment of your life so we shouldn't force to talk if you want to talk about it we can but we shouldn't be forced to talk about this situation that made us angry we need to let it settle in and 
Let our fate seal it because it's our fate and we choose when we're going to close the envelope on this argument or situation. And the only way we can solve it is possibly on our own without the bungee cord holding us. The next idea that might happen is they might be defensive for a while because when they're angry and no one does this really well, but they wave the white flag, we don't wave the white flag quite easily. It takes a lot of negotiating and talk to allow us to wave the white flag because we're very defensive because we're still have some aftershocks from the earthquake as if we're still like, well, too bad. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm doing this because we're still sort of not angry, but I think we're like, we people get frustrated. I know I've gotten frustrated. I know I've been very defensive before in my life and I'm a very defensive person too. So you can imagine me though on top of it. But anyway, I would say that I don't think there's a problem being defensive and being having a strong personality after you're angry, but don't let it last for too long. I think you have a right to go into the room and just, and then after that, come back to where you were before the argument. But you have a right to be like five second minute defensive before you can calm down because it takes a process to get back where we were. And sometimes we got to backtrack to go to the starting route. The final action they might take is they might do something with their face. And I don't mean like they're like they're just doing this or they're playing around. I just mean they're like doing like, like oh my God, like there's just so fr a frustration face. I know mine is I always tend for some reason to like pretend I'm breaking my hand and go. <sighs> I know that's mine, but I know sometimes like. <sighs> like. <sighs> I know there are different motions, but each one is a trigger or a sign, in all honesty. So you need to be aware of that, parents, is when they're doing this or they're doing a motion with their face, yeah, they're starting to get angry. And that's during a discussion, conversation, a lecture. I mean, that's during anything, to be honest with you. So I would say that it's honestly a sign, and it's for your benefit, parents. The biggest thing, though, that they do is get ready for it, parents, and you've experienced it, and you know what it is if you have someone on the spectrum as a child, and you know that it happens sometimes, and I know it's happened through me, and that is dun-dun-dun, be violent. It can get destructive. I have probably not been the safest person to be around at points in my life. However, as much as I hate showing you this video, this needs to be shown. So I know I don't have you guys look at my videos. It's optional. But I'm going to tell you, if you want to continue this podcast, this video is mandatory. So pause where you are and look at the first video below to see what it is like when Sean, the son of Lynette Wilson, and Scott Campbell is angry. Now to the parents, this is just from personal experience. As I said earlier, I'm not a doctor, so this is not me trying to play Dr. Sam, but this is me just speaking Sam Mitchell from personal experience. If it were me, I'd also check their medicine because the medicine could be the reason for having violent outbursts because it could be a side effect. I know I've taken medicine and it's been a side effect for me throughout my life. So if you look at the second video below, it happened to the autism family. And this one's not mandatory, so if you don't want to watch it, feel free to move on. <laughs> and I also want someone to think this. We are honestly tolerating this like you are because we cannot help the cannon exploded because it's not our fault that we lit our own fuse. That doesn't happen typically. So yes, when you see these angry, violent, malvicious, burst out emotions, then you got to understand we hate it too. We don't like doing it. It's not our fault that our body is has became a spaghetti body where we're just... We don't like it. We hate as much as you do. I get probably 
look at you too, something was up. But there's nothing else we can do. We don't like letting the steam out as much as we should. We probably should let the steam roll in the garbage can if it's possible, but we don't have a garbage can, sadly. I hate the fact that we don't. I one day hope that we can develop a garbage can in our systems where our steam can just go down the garbage and into the bin where we're just... <sighs> and we finally just can not let it go, but let it grow. And in case you didn't know that, that was a Lorax reference. So if any of you guys are Lorax fans, so holler at you guys, whoop whoop. But in all seriousness, I just want to spit out that we hate it and it's not in our DNA. It's not in our heart to punch someone. We feel awful that we do because we're in general, most people with disabilities are already going through enough. And those on the spectrum are typically great people. It's not in our heart. So when we do this and have these violent outbursts, we feel awful. We feel sick to our stomachs that this happened. We just honestly feel we're going to throw up and... It makes us really sick to where the fish is flopping all over the place. And we basically want to flop all over the place like fish too. Because we just feel awful and we can't stay still. And there could be an argument that those on the spectrum have anger issues. And do I think they do? Yes. I know there are others with anger issues. And I know that those on spectrum have anger issues too. So we're similar there. But the reasons are on the opposite ends. In my opinion, these are the thoughts of someone with anger issues. And someone who has autism and anger issues. So this is the person with ordinary anger issues. I'm so angry. I cannot mentally take this. The project is not going my way. I'm too afraid and on edge that I have to assert my lead and take the aggressive route. Now for autism anger issues, it's this. I'm so angry. No one is hearing me out. I've been through this already at other points in my life. I'm done going through this. So these are the reasons which are very kind of similar but kind of contract and... I hate to say this, but I think ordinary anger issues is kind of complaining. And I think, though, they have a right to. I mean, life does kick you in the butt sometimes. But you got to understand with autism, it's harder, too, because life's kind of kicking us in the butt. But we also have to deal with the societal norms that someone might take for granted. So what I'm trying to do is I'm not trying to play the sympathy card, but just imagine your anger issues that you have, but add others. It's hard sometimes, and I just want you to see that and I want everyone else to see it who's listening that hey yes you might have anger issues and we might have some similar anger issues that we have but you understand we also have these societal norm anger issues that we're trying to go through and it's not the easiest thing to do I also do want to state that through personal experience that getting angry is not going to help at all you're making the situation worse and I'll tell you it is not going to get you anywhere and I have learned that the hard way everyone I was like that once upon a time because my amigos, I was just mad at them. I was mad at people who used me. I was mad at everyone in the world. I wasn't a very happy person, just kind of angry because I was just frustrated and mad that no one would take the time to hear me out. And that was my biggest demon that I'm still battling to this day. Luckily, it's getting better, but I still battle that demon and I'm fine with battling it, but I learned that the more angry I get, the more that they're winning and the more that they're fueling a fire that doesn't need to be fueled up. So what I learned is this. I do forgive, but I don't forget. And I know what you've done. And because of that, I do not wish you death. I will never wish a human death upon my soul. That is not who I am. But I do wish you luck. And I do hope one day that you'll understand 
the hardships you forced me to go through, or I kind of even hope one day you get to experience the hardships because the only way to show you maybe is through the experience itself. And I'm so glad I got there though because I am much more of a happier person to this day. I think people have, think I'm more likable than I am versus back then. And I knew if I got angry and was still like that, I wouldn't be going anywhere. But thankfully, I'm so happy that I figured that out. And I'm grateful for the ones I do have that are sticking with me. But I do know that I know I'll experience more of these people who are users and all that. But I'm willing to do that because I have the right mindset. Now understand, parents, that there could be a reason why we are angry. And these are some of the reasons that I know. So according to some of my ideas and research, some of those reasons are getting hovered. Now this is what used to irritate me. I don't like when people hover over me and determine each of my moves. You're determining who they are. We don't want that. We might need that eventually, but parents, you gotta let your son and daughter out of the zoo and open the cage so they can unlock their potential. And it's hard to do, I get that, but you can't squish them down. You can't pin them down all the time. You can't do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and go all the way to a billion. You can't do that. You may have to do it for a long number, but it shouldn't be a billion. You have to let them, honestly, slowly, maybe like a turtle, go out there and make something out of themselves and make their own legacy to where they are standing up for what they believe in and standing up for who they are as a man or a woman. The next reason we might be angry is because of you breaking a pet peeve. And I think all of us have pet peeves, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we probably all do. But I think those on the spectrum are a little bit more sensitive with their pet peeves. I think we have sensitive peeves because those who aren't on the spectrum can be like, yeah, you're biting your nails, whatever, okay. Maybe those not on the spectrum, maybe they can't take that. Maybe they're just like, nope, I can't do that. I can't watch that. I gotta get out of here, boink, or take the hand from them or whatever. But they do something in order to prevent that. And that makes us angry. I have a pet peeve. I don't like when people talk to me who they aren't. I don't like when people talk to me in the way they aren't. If you're the way they are, then so be it. And I'll be honest with you. I don't like people talking to me very conservatively, very strictly, very firmly. I don't like that. It drives me nuts. It's a pet peeve of mine. And I know we have to do it, but I wish there were ways around it. So my solution is on that, if it is a pet peeve that has to be done, then it has to be done, but just understand that it has to work out. You have to do something, maybe a hand gesture, maybe squeeze your fist, but you have to maybe accept it if it's not a reasonable pet peeve that can be erased. Now, if it's a reasonable pet peeve, then just don't be around it. The next reason parents is why they're angry is because they got in trouble. And yes, I have to sing this. I knew you were trouble then, fast then. All right, in all seriousness, Getting in trouble does stink, and I think anyone at that point has gotten in trouble. But you gotta understand this. At the end of the day, we're good people, and we generally want to please our parents. So when we mess up and we get into trouble, yeah, it makes us angry like any other child, but we don't know how to handle it. We're just like, oh my god, oh, oh, I'm sorry, mom, sorry, dad, uh, uh, what do I do, what do I do, how can I make this up, how can I make this up, how can I make this up, can I go give you some chocolates or flowers? We're just panicky because we don't know how we can make this right. And I know your parents will say, well, next time, don't do it. Okay, but sometimes we can't help it. You got to understand that. It's our only way of letting out because we disappointed you and we just want a hug and just some physical touch from you, maybe. It depends on if you like touch too. You got to understand we got in trouble and we just don't know how to handle the after effects of getting into trouble because discipline's one thing and you move on. Uh, sometimes it's not easy for us to move on 
through the discipline because we're still digging our own hole, I think, and not realizing it. Another reason why they could be extremely angry is because of a diagnosed or undiagnosed mental health issue. And this is not me saying anything about autism, but this is just me saying something about mental health. And that is, I get mental health. It is a real strong topic that we all should worry about more often. But those with autism usually comes with something else. So it could be anxiety, depression, OCD, threat syndrome. It could be anything. But you understand too, that sometimes bothers us. Sometimes me squirreling around and having ADHD does bother me because I can't sit still and it drives me nuts. And then I get angry and really depressed. So yes, under mental health can lead us to the bridge or the tunnel. And my solution is when you're having your mental health day, you got to try your best to let it go. And I'm not saying let the anxiety go, let the depression go. No, it's a part of your character, but you got to find a way to manage it. I know some ways aren't the best ways for you to manage it, but maybe there is a way where you can manage it that may not be harmful, but could be unrealistic. Because I believe in that. I've done some things for my mental health when I've gotten angry that are unrealistic, but not harmful. So maybe that's what you need to do too, is try something that only you can think of that you might get looks at, but no one's getting hurt. And if it's undiagnosed, then I'd also go to the doctor. But first I'd say this, get your evidence, write a statement why you think it is. And I think it's time to tell the judge of them all, which is the, dun, 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 the doctor. However, I also just want to state on this lesson I'm trying to explain. I guess what I'm really trying to explain in short term is you need to look on the other side of the fence. The next reason why they could be angry parents is the sensory issues. And C-123, sensitive feelings, more information. But that could be a big reason because this is a big one with me. I know I've gotten angry probably the most because of this reason. I've gotten mad when I've had to wear a wet t-shirt. I've gotten mad when I got sick. I've gotten mad when I had to do dental work the other day and it wasn't a good feeling for a while. Yeah, I was pretty grouchy and angry because I did not want to deal with it. I couldn't take it anymore. Those are my big sensory issues. It's, it's a sickness on another sickness if you truly think about it because it's worse, I think, than a cold or a sore throat. And each time I get these sensory issues, yeah, my tolerance level goes a little lower and my anger level goes a little high. And it's because of that reason, and I can't focus on anything else. I mean, granted, I want to, but this is the main focus, and it's what's triggering my brain to only think runny nose, runny nose, runny nose, to where there's nothing going on. It's not computer, video games, it's just runny nose, runny nose, runny nose, runny nose, runny nose, and nothing else in the world matters. It's really Queen's lyrics, nothing matters to me. Sorry, my bad. I had to go a little longer than usual. Another reason why is they can have a break in their routine. And C-106, daily changes, more information. But that has happened with me before. I do not like my routine change in my lifetime. I still don't like my podcast routine change because it's the way I know when I got my system rolling. So when the system stops rolling and it starts stopping, that's kind of an issue because I got a routine. I got a system. You don't mess with Sam's system, period. That's just the way it is. That's kind of one of my lifelong rules when it comes to this podcast, sadly. I mean, I try to be a little lenient on stuff, but when it comes to a system, I got to have it or I wouldn't be able to do this. In all seriousness, a break in routine can really 
turned the ass me feelings because they didn't know what to expect. You kind of, in a way, lied to them and didn't realize it. And I know, as I said in the first episode, I hate liars. And as I've gotten older, though, I've been a little more lenient if you unintentionally lie to me. That happens. Mistakes happen. Misunderstandings happen. We all just get percepted the wrong way sometimes. It happens. But when you intentionally lie to me and you break the routine intentionally, then, yeah, we're going to get mad and we'll be angry. Yeah, we might sob. But then we're going to be angry and then just rush all over the place because, my friend, you don't do that. And plus, it's wrong to do, I think. If they feel more happier with the routine and knowing what to expect makes them feel more comfortable in life, that's what needs to happen. Another reason why they could be angry is it's because they cannot talk about what they need or want. And this is for the nonverbal Aspies. And I just want to say this. We are hearing you out. Before you don't think we're hearing you out, we are. Believe me, I am right now. But I can get why you're angry because not being able to express what you need or what you want and having to use hand signals. And while I'm glad you can still do it, yeah, I could see it getting frustrating at points because I'm thankful to be verbal. And I don't want to brag. I don't want to boast. No, that, no, I'm kidding. That's an inside joke with my mom. She'll get it when she listens to this. But in all seriousness, I do relate to it because I think there are some days where I feel like I can't express what I want or I need. Because I can't put the words together. I get that because putting words together some days is honestly the hardest thing to do. And sometimes I wish those could understand that being verbal autistic is also hard at points in life too. And nonverbal sometimes is being easier. But I do understand why it is very frustrating, why you get angry. So my solution is parents, they are saying something to you. I just want to let you know that right now. I know that, and I'm speaking for them. I know they're telling you something right now because I am also right now. The final reason why they can be angry is because they are socially anxious. And this happens a lot because sometimes not just putting the words together is hard, but saying the words is hard because I'll be honest with you. Some words are very hard to use and the fancier and the basic words are sometimes hard to use. And each time we're playing a video game. So we're trying to level 1, level 2, level 3, level 4. When we get to level 20, yikes, that's going to be a big tricky part in the conversation. And all honestly, I feel overwhelmed. I feel, uh, what do we say? What do we say? We say this, we say this. Uh, no, 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 no. You got to pull here. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like that scene in night school almost where he's dragging the words and trying to put them together. That's what I feel like when it comes to words. I try to figure out, okay, what topic do I do here? What topic do I do here? That's how it feels, honestly. If it was up to me, I'd just feel like be like Mario and go, hello, and then people love me. That's honestly how I wish conversations could go and how people could just earn their respect by trying to be a fun-loving animated character and saying hello in that funny way where people like you. And not socialize sometimes. That way I don't have to deal with the social anxiety. Now, I think socializing is great for the most part. But you got to understand, it's also a process and a really, really hard game to play. Actually, just kidding. There's more. Because a big factor that could be its own category is communication issues. If you look at the third video below, you'll see how communication issues can be a factor. And there's one more. And that factor could be puberty. Look at the fourth video below to learn how Alexander Brown is trying to balance being autistic and the changes everyone experiences during puberty. Now, I do want to tell the parents that this can occur in public places, but there are some strategies you can follow. One of those strategies is be their valet or play the role as a wrestling manager because in wrestling, what they do is they prep them, they cook them dinners, they help them out, 
They make sure they're good to go. Well, maybe do the same thing, parents, as your child on the spectrum can be the wrestler, but you could play the role of a manager because if they're angry, you can step in like, hey, look at me, look at me, talk to me, talk to me. Whoa, 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 Nelly, you got to calm down here. And basically just play the role as a manager, try to reason with them. And I know you may be treating them like an animal, and that's not the case, but like an animal, you may have to try to tame them and calm them down to where they can be rational, where it would work better in the end. That way, no one will have to get injured, and no one will have to feel like they have to tap out to a submission. The next idea, or what you could do, parents, is fix the situation, but only if you can, or as I call the Sheldon solution, because he said, fix it. Well, maybe you can fix it, parents. Maybe there is a way where you can fix it if it's possible. Now, obviously, it's not likely, but if you can fix the situation, try to work it out with them. Try to problem solve with them. Try to fix it. Fix the house that you may have destroyed unintentionally. If you can't, well, we'll have to figure it out. But if you can, great. Problem solved. No issues. My next idea is you could show them something that brings them content and... What I mean is by showing them something that they like. If they like something that spins and it's at a restaurant, show them by chance the spinning toy that they have at McDonald's. I mean, try to show them something that they like. Try to maybe occupy them with something that they like. They like the screen shifting, show them the screen shifting at Culver's. Just show them something that brings them content because whatever they like might be able to be applied at the next place that you go to you never know unless you really look in depth so definitely parents be aware of what is around you that they could infatuate themselves with to get out of anger mode to where they can finally calm down and slowly revert to happy mode the next idea i have is maybe you can ignore them but only if physical action is not happening and this one's circumstantial because it may be impossible to ignore and Depending on your patience level and your tolerance level, it may not be the case. But if you have a high patience level and a high tolerance level, that could be an idea because it's a potentially, I'm not saying it is, but it's potentially they're doing it for attention. And I don't think it's the case. I mean, I highly doubt that. But in some cases, the anger fits are for attention. Honestly, if they're just angry and having a fuzzy fit and just throwing a tantrum and not being physical or just angry, goes, then yeah, you're fine to ignore them. I don't see a problem with that. But as it gets physical and they get destructive, yeah, the ignoring is going to stop and something needs to be done. My next idea, parents, is maybe you could try reasonable rewards because they're trying not to do it. And if you tell them a reward and they make an incentive, then it may work because one, it's showing them real world stuff that you can't be violent. But two, it's also encouraging them not to because you gotta understand they're stepping outside their comfort zone by not having this violent outburst and i do see the progress that happens with the rewards now it has to be reasonable you can't offer starbucks every time you can't offer walmart gift cards every time but giving them incentive after incentive if they do it they're gonna stop and they're gonna be like remember oh wait a minute i can't do this if i don't i don't do this it will work i'm now like i said you can't do it every time but maybe once in a while, if they're stepping outside their comfort zone, then you need to at least applaud it or reward it with something. It may not be with a thing. It may be with physical affection, just what they love and encouragement like we all wish to have and we want to have if we deserve it. My other idea I have, parents, you have to watch your tone and voice because when they're angry at the core, they turn into big soft teddy bears. 
And obviously, if you have a teddy bear, you don't yell at it or you don't treat it like crap. That's what you do, basically. You kind of have to become the owner of a teddy bear and basically try to talk as if it was a teddy bear because if you get aggressive with it, with your tone and voice, then yes, they won't respond well. It's just science, people. If you talk bad when someone's angry, they'll talk bad back. So it's just the same way. If you talk bad to them, they'll talk bad back. If you talk calmly, then they may talk calmly back. But if they're not, you still need to be the bigger person and watch your tone and voice because if you don't, then we'll just move on to the next step, which is turning to destructive mode. And we don't want to go there, but the more you do bad, the more bad we do. The more good we do, the more good we attempt to do. It may not seem like a fair process, but I'm telling you, that's what has to be done if you want to avoid public humiliation. The next idea I have to offer is maybe try to attempt using ABA therapy because I didn't know about ABA therapy until this year. I didn't hear about it. I was wondering what it was. I may have heard about it, but I didn't know the basis of it. Well, I have, and I will say this. It's very beneficial because I have not went to ABA therapy before. I've done OT and speech therapy, but I've never done ABA therapy. It does help because I've seen the behavior analysis. I know how they can help you with that behavior of anger and how they can tame you up a bit by not showing you how not to punch someone or not to kick a wall. So maybe attempt ABA therapy because I know I learned something and I don't use it. So if someone who doesn't use it can learn something, you can too if you use it or if you don't use it too even. My final idea you can try maybe is wait until they calm down because if you wait till they calm down, they will be more rational. I know I'm more rational when I'm calmed down compared to when I'm angry. Wait for them to be rational in order to just think that they understand what's going on because they don't have that spaghetti body. They have the mindful body. They have, oh, okay, I'm back in control now. And if you can wait till then, wonderful. Now, in some cases, you might not be able to, but if you can wait till they're calmed down and they can hear what you're thinking, it's not flying over the moon like the cow did, then you're pretty much good to go and they can hear you out. Now, if they are rational and it doesn't work out, that's for a different story. But when they're rational, they can hear you out. The earplugs aren't in. They're actually, just kidding again, there is one more big solution that has a category of its own. And that solution is, as Gordon Ramsay would say, get out. Because honestly, I know I shouldn't say that serious, but get out. I don't mean get out of your house. I don't mean leave the house and leave him or her. No, I mean... Get out of the public place. Get out. You don't have to stay there and let him have this tussy fit or have this anger, violent outburst where everyone can see him. You can leave. You can grab him and get him out of that situation to where everyone's safe, where he's safe from the looks, where everyone's safe from scars and wounds, and where you're safe from basically being embarrassed. So I think that's the best because it makes everyone happy. It's a triple win situation, or as you call it, a win, 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 win. And then when it's all said and done, we go back to square one. So I think getting out is the best solution. And I have evidence that it's worked because it's worked for us. Because as my mother said, when I was younger, she had a full cart of groceries and I had this angry, violent outburst. She had to leave the groceries and take me out of the car. And I probably got thanked for it. I probably saw that scar on me. So yeah, I do. I can still feel it. Ow, it hurts. No, I'm kidding. But in all seriousness, it probably did help and everyone was happy and we just went back to square one. So there is definitely some heat in the bag because it did work. And if you stir it, it will still work regardless. So you got to believe me on this one. I think all those solutions are great. 
but I think this one's your main one, and you need to at least attempt it once. And if it doesn't, you can go back to the others. But I promise you, actually, no, I don't promise. I can guarantee you this one is a useful tool to at least attempt. I also want to say that the angry outburst will stop. They will not be angry with you forever. It will not be 24-7 with like, I'm angry. <laughs> and then next day, <laughs> then the day after. <laughs> no, it's not that at all. They may be angry for the day, but they may not be angry permanently. It's only temporary because the outburst does stop, but it's not fully bad because it will stop. It doesn't just go, go, go. The green light is not on permanently. There is a yellow light and a red light to it, but you gotta figure out how to get to the red light. I know they say green means go and red means stop, and green means good, red means bad. In this case, it's reverse. So you gotta figure out how to land on the red and stay on the red as long as you can because when we go to the green or the yellow, I don't think it gets too pretty. I think it's time we talk about the after effects of the angry outburst because after the angry outburst, I will say we have one feeling and that is dun dun dun. We are exhausted because I think we let out a full energy ball just come out of our mouth and we spat fire. And I think we just wasted our energy for the day because we were so focused and focusing does take energy upon us and it just happened. It almost feels like we fell asleep and we weren't coherent enough to see it. We just got so tired to the point where we don't want to move on from the day. We just want to go to the next day. It is hard to be angry and then tired because we want to do more, but man, this outburst that we had due to a chemical imbalance kicks us in the butt. But you got to understand, after the outburst, Everyone I know maybe can move on, but we're not ready to move on yet because like the parent, we are probably tired like you are, and I know the parent is probably tired as well. So my idea is you got to do your best to function, but if they're tired, you got to understand the reason. You can be compassionate with them, but don't be empathetic with them because they also made their decision. So definitely find your balance with compassion and your empathy on this case. Now to those who are autistic, young, and adult, I understand it might be uncontrollable, sincerely I do, but I'm telling you right now, the law and public does not care. So I will tell you that if it happens, then actions do have to take place. And it is sad that the law and the public don't get that sometimes those on the spectrum will have these violent outbursts. And I know that People sometimes have violent outbursts for no reason, or it's for the wrong reasons. But I think, honestly, these are sometimes for the right reasons, but the law and the public doesn't care. They treat everyone the same, which I agree with. Treat others the way you want to be treated. but And that's one disappointing part about that rule, but I agree with it. But they don't care. So actions do have to come in. They may have to restrain you. They may have to hold you down. They may have to, I don't know, put you in the back of the squad car. But it's not to harm you. They're just trying to keep everyone safe. They treat the public as a whole. So it's not because they're doing it because they hate you. It's not because you're special. It's because they just want to keep everyone and the public safe. Because as we all know, when one citizen gets hurt, we all get hurt. But maybe the law doesn't have to get involved because if you can manage them on your own, no actions have to take place. According to my thoughts and general research, some of those ideas are go to your outlet. And I have used outlets a lot. I have many outlets because I do have pent-up anger because of my past. I have had anger issues because people don't make aren't nice sometimes and it makes me mad. But when I do, I go to the source. 
that I can find my outlet, which can be rock music, hearing the or WWE, maybe hearing them go, oh, or Bobby Lashley screaming, what, what? And that makes me feel better because I'm releasing this anger out and I can't do it through the fist, obviously, but I can do it through my mind fist. I get to throw it away in the computer's recycle bin. And when that happens, it just deleted and it finally got erased from history. I think I can now rewrite the history. That's what I see this opportunity as when I go to my outlet. I can start the new time with my outlet, and that's a great source if I say myself. My next idea I have is possibly for uh, strategies. You could fidget around with the fidget toy because I will be honest with you. I did say you get exhausted, and that's true, but you're also fidgety because after my outburst, I used to shake my hands. My hands were shaky, and it's like I had to do something, just keep moving. And I was exhausted, but I had to keep moving in some shape. And sometimes it worked, and sometimes it didn't. But I'll tell you what works is a fidget toy like a slinky, which I have, that makes this noise. Or maybe something that pop it that goes pop, 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 pop. And trust me, they do work because your mind is focused on that, that you don't even know what's going around you right now. And then when you're ready to go, you can pick the axe and chop the wood down where you can follow the wood and haul it. Now my next idea you can do maybe is respectfully express your anger. Now this one's very, it's change a rocker, 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 time to trick it, trick it, trick it, trick it. Oh, sorry, I thought I was on the voice this year. I think I got eliminated, I was practicing. No, I'm kidding, I never did. Although it would be cool, but I can't sing. But anyway, I would say that that is a really tricky one because our definition of respectfully expressing does not equal society's definition of respectfully expressing. And when they don't mix, uh, it doesn't go too well. So this is definitely a hard one to do, but I know it's possible because yes, there is a way where you can respectfully express your anger. Finally, just say it and your way you can blow the smoke out of your mouth. And then after you blow the smoke out, you then get smoke on the water, which is smoke on the water a fire in the sky sorry i had to do that for my father i probably appreciate that right now but after you do breathe in the smoke you do get that smoke on the water and when you get that smoke on the water all the smoke does is dissolve and then you'll forget it ever even happened my next idea you can probably do is call a friend and i don't mean where you're gonna call jenny eight six seven five three oh nine i don't mean that i mean you'll call your friend you can call a friend to help you move on you can call a friend to just hear them out, hear their voice, see their lovely face. It may not work all the time, but it will brighten your day up a little bit, I can promise you that. And when you see them, you'll realize that I do have people. Although I have these anger issues, there's someone that actually passes the fact that I have anger issues and I don't have to worry about him looking at me funny. The next idea I have is maybe you can try to escape. Because like I said, with the parents, you don't have to stay there. It's the same way with you. You don't have to stay there either. You can try to escape too. Maybe if you're not comfortable and you have to be there, then you obviously can't escape. But what if you didn't have to be? Maybe you can escape. Maybe you don't have to be there. Maybe you can put yourself somewhere else. And if you put yourself somewhere else and you might feel comfortable, whether that be in the car or the bathroom, then so be it. Whatever makes you feel safe. And if you have to escape a place that doesn't involve your stressfulness, then that's what it takes to be happy and successful. Another idea I have and I can suggest is you take a time out. And I don't mean a time out where it's discipline, where the kid is saying, can I get up yet? Can I get up yet? Can I get up yet? Papa, can I get up? Grandma, can I get up? Mom, can I get up? 
no, I don't mean that timeout. I mean a timeout where you can just relax and take a stress away from yourself, where you can be quiet and reflect on just what's going on and take a breather. Because I know in my lifetime, I take timeouts myself. And it's not because I get in trouble. It's just because it's too much in life. So I'll tell you, timeouts help. And timeouts are pretty good if I say myself. And they're especially good when they're in the studio of your own house. And I would say that to anyone who's just feeling stressed. So that's not me just being on the spectrum. That's for anyone. Try to take a time out for yourself. You've earned it. The next idea I have is you can possibly attempt a calming activity. Now, if you look on it, they'll say, read a book, listen to music, play video games, try this, try this, try this. My advice for that is something I should have learned when I was watching Yo Gabba Gabba at age three. And that is, if you try it, you might like it. If you try it, you might like it. And that's what I really should have listened to because I do try it and I like it because it works. It really, really works. I've tried music and I've tried video games. I've tried my interest and it worked. You know why? Because you're interested. You're focused on it. You're not focused on earlier. So yes, it does work. And if you don't believe it, just trust me. Try it and you'll like it. As Roman Reigns would say, believe that. The final idea I have before I end this episode is remember that people want what's best for you. And this is for both because everyone in society wants what's best for you. And if you're angry and you have this outburst, they're going to take you back. But it's not because they hate you and they're not against you. They're with you. They want to help you out. That's all they want to do. Even the people who stare sometimes want to help. It's just that they don't know what to do. And that's all people want, though, is your best. And they're going to help you get to your best. And that includes anything unusual or something odd that you have to do or an action that has to be taken. And that's what it takes. But it's not in mean-spirited. It's all for your greater good. In conclusion, those on the spectrum are not angry people. We might here and there be destructive, but that does not mean we are dangerous people. All it is truly is a way to ask for help. Trust me, it is not for attention at all. I promise you it is not. This is the only way of saying we are mad. I know that there are societal rules that didn't remember people like me when they were created. Sometimes the world becomes our punching bag, but we know that it is not acceptable. And really, we only want things to be easier for us. Well, folks, I think that's all for today. I hope you learned something about anger and autism. I want you right now to go help someone who is autistic with their anger issues. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming very soon. Hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much.